How many would be willing to admit we are blessed? We are blessed. Are you blessed today? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. Hey, look, how many of us are tempted to take our blessings for granted? Come on. We are very tempted to take our blessings for granted. I'm so grateful to God for his blessings, and I want to share with you a message the Lord's put on my heart this week entitled, Too Blessed to Not Give Jesus Our Best. Too Blessed to Not Give Jesus Our Very Best. Are you giving Jesus your best? Are you really giving him your best? I believe all of us could use a little improvement in that area. Don't you agree with me? That we could use a little bit of improvement to give Jesus our very best. He gave his best and anything less than our best doesn't pass the test. Why? Because we've all been blessed, highly favored. Oh, the Lord smiled on us. The Lord is showing his grace toward us every day. How many want to thank God for your help today? Amen. Oh, yes, that you got up out of your bed this morning. And we just take so much for granted. Yes, a good meal last night, shoes on our feet, clothes on our back. How many thank God for your family? Let me see your hand. You thank God. You've been blessed with a good family. You've been blessed with a good church family. We've been blessed as a nation. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your blessings as a church family and your blessings on us in our relationships. Yes, too blessed not to give Jesus your best. Question, are you going to give Jesus your best? Are you? Are you going to give Jesus your best? I will tell you, we're blessed as a church family. Last Wednesday night, we had our men's Bible study downstairs in the old fellowship hall. And upstairs in the sanctuary were our ladies. They had a Bible study. Well, about halfway through our Bible study, I heard a, ah! One of our ladies screamed. A little bitty rat squeezed somehow or another in the, under the door or somehow through a crack. And the rat wanted to come to church. We had a church rat. We don't need a dirty rat, amen. <laughs> but Brother Ralph Gunn scooped him up, carried him out to his new home in the woods, and let him go free. Oh, I'm telling you, we're so blessed rats want to come and join us. <laughs> Do you believe that? Yes, indeed. Blessed beyond measure. I want to preach on the subject, too blessed not to give Jesus our best. And primarily, there are going to be two parts today. The first part is the question why, and the second part is the question how. Take your Bible, turn to the book of Revelation. You guessed it, chapter 22. We're not finished with Revelation yet. It's not finished with us. In the book of Revelation, chapter 22. And just two weeks ago, we looked at the first two verses. However, today, we're going to look at verse 3. Now, normally, I like to take, as I feel led of the Lord, to do what is called exposition or expository preaching through the Scripture and take more than two verses or one verse at a time. However, today, uh, for the sake of the message, we're going to use one verse, if that's permitted, in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. We will, however, use other parallel passages in the Scriptures as usual. Now, as we read the book of Revelation, chapter 22, uh, this message, too blessed 
to not give Jesus our best, the first question proposed is why are we blessed and why should we give Jesus our best? Number two, how have we been blessed and how can we give Jesus our best? We're looking at Revelation chapter 22. Now, you're well aware of the fact that John is uh, seeing this in a futuristic sense. In other words, this will be in eternity future, namely when the new Jerusalem descends from heaven as described in Revelation chapter 21. But at the same time, there are some nuggets of truth I think the Lord wants us to dig out of this particular verse, and it's very practical and applicable to all of us today, and that is we've been blessed. Oh, we've been blessed. We've been blessed, and I want to give Jesus my best. I must confess, I hadn't always given Jesus, hadn't given him my best, but I'm telling you today, the Lord is going to move on our hearts, and we can rededicate our life to the Lord today to give him our best. So as we look at Revelation chapter number 22, I wonder if you'd stand to, uh, together with us as we read the text, beginning in verse 1, and primarily, I want you to keep your Bibles open, please, to verse number 2. Bless, yes, too blessed not to give Jesus our best. Now, as John, we looked at chapter 1 last week and we progressed through the book of Revelation. Again, I'll not take time to labor that. Most all of you have been here these weeks. So we pick up in verse number 1 of chapter 22. And he showed me, said John, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, and in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there, notice, the tree of life. We dealt with that a couple of weeks ago, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit in every month, and the leaves of the trees were of the tree were for the healing, the repuo, of the nation. Certainly we need that. But please continue to read, especially verse 3. And there shall be no more curse. Would you take your pen or pencil and underline that word curse? We'll come back to it in a moment. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. That's what Garrett prayed a moment ago. The throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And notice, His servants shall serve Him. Underline that, please. His servants shall serve him. Let's say that together. His servants shall serve him. That's why we were made. That's why we're here. That's what honors the Lord. That's what the Scripture teaches. We are to serve the Lord. And I want to thank God for many who are making a difference. And I want to say keep up the good work. And let's pray again. Father, I ask you to cleanse me of anything and everything that would dishonor you, grieve your spirit, or quench your spirit. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, you said the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your unction. I thank you, Lord, for your glorious presence. And we pray now, release your power, break the strongholds of the enemy, and lift up and magnify the cross, the empty tomb, and the great promises you have for us. Lord, again, we commit this time to you. 
pray that uh, the word will fall on good ground and you'll help us to give our best. You have given your best. You are the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I thank you, precious Lord, for loving me, forgiving my sins. Promise me, take me to a place called heaven one day where I can enjoy your bliss and glory. And I pray now that every heart will be moved, that we'd examine our own heart where we're at with you and just help us to draw near to you now. And we pray now, bind the enemy, and may you be glorified through it all. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you now. In Jesus' name, Father, amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. In the book of Revelation, chapter 22, and verse number 3, two parts to what I want to share with you this morning. Number one, why have we been blessed? And number two, how have we been blessed? Number one, how have, why have we been blessed and need to give Jesus our very best? Why have we been blessed and why do we need to give Jesus our very best? And then for a little while, we're going to move to this. How have we been blessed and how can we give Jesus our very best? Again, John gives us a little insight to how and why we've been blessed. Notice, why have we been blessed and need to give Jesus our very best? Again, let me read the scripture once again and let's focus on one particular word. Notice, there shall be no more curse. Say it with me. There shall be no more curse. One more time. This is the promise of heaven. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. First of all, if you would notice, there shall be no more curse. How have we been blessed? Oh, yes, too blessed not to give Jesus our very best. Now, as we think about this thing of no more curse, the word... Uh, uh, is an interesting word that is used for the word curse. It, it actually means what it says. There shall be no more curse. Uh, anathema is the uh, end of that root word. There shall be no more curse. So, for a moment, I want you to think with me about this matter of blessings or curse. Why should we give Jesus our best? Because we've been blessed. That's why. And there's no more curse, according to John and the writing of John. So, focus on three areas the Lord gave me to give to you why we should give Jesus our best. Number one, family curses. Number two, financial or finance curses have been broken. And number three, and can be broken. And number three, future curses have and can be broken. For a moment, uh, think with me about this family curses. Here John says, He showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, yielding a fruit in every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. And then John says, and there shall be no more curse. There shall be no more curse. Oh, think about that. There'll be no more curse. What do you mean there'll be no more curse? There'll be no more family curses. I'm so glad to tell you that the Lord can break the curses. And let me just go a little further in that uh, 
thought for a moment. Let me give you a scripture verse. The book of Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Galatians 3, 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Again, Paul writing to the churches of Galatia, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. I'm telling you, the Lord, if God could open our eyes right now and open our hearts to realize there's no more curse. Now, you think about it for a moment as far as your family and my family. How many believe that there are generational, what we call curses, strongholds that are passed down from generation to generation? And matter of fact, right now, some of us are dealing with the ancestral lineages that are passed on from generation to generation. Can I give you some scriptures to verify that? Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 2. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. There's no doubt about it that when we grow up in a particular environment or home, we are influenced by that. If you agree with that, would you say amen? Amen. And so, for example, if you grow up around negativism all your life, more than likely you're going to uh, embrace a negative attitude. Can I just put it this way? We have been redeemed from the curse the strongholds of the enemy, the generational things that are passed down from generation to generation. And the truth be known, some of us today are dealing with things in our life. And we wonder, where did that come from? Why can't I get victory here? Why is this defeating me day after day? Why do I have a bad attitude? Why am I angry? Why do I have problems with lust? What is the deal with greed? I mean, I, mean, I can't seem to break through this prejudicism. Maybe I grew up around it. Maybe I've got a bitter spirit. Oh, listen, beloved. The Lord says He has redeemed us from the curse. There will be no more curse. Family curses will be broken then, and listen to me, they can be broken now. I'm preaching to some people today, either by way of live stream or here at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church, that truth be known, you're dealing with some curses right now. You're dealing with some generational excess baggages right now. No need to try to hide. No need to try to duck. No need to try to cover your head. You know that there's things in your life that may not be pleasing to God or that you may fall time after time, yield to the temptation, and thus take your eyes off the Lord and break fellowship with God because sin comes in our life. Why? Can we live this side of heaven, not in perfection, but can we live overcoming the curses and generational sins of the flesh and the answer is yes too blessed to be not to give Jesus our best I can say this from personal experience and if you are where you ought to be with the Lord and I'm not always ought to be where I ought to be with the Lord but if you're where you ought to be with the Lord you know exactly what I'm talking about there's some things that have followed us we thank God for our forebears we thank God for our generational good blessings. Oh yes, I'm not denying that. However, I am saying that the Lord acknowledges there are curses that have been placed and strongholds. The enemy begins to tangle us up with strongholds, footholds, toeholds that end into strongholds. Literally, it gives the enemy ground. Watch this. It can be in our mind. It can obviously affect our emotions and our will. And, and so for some reason, it's like uh, 
an octopus that wraps us around with tentacles. How can I break this bad habit? How can I be delivered from thinking these bad thoughts? Uh, is there possibility to be in freedom? And the answer is yes. It's yes, it's yes, it's yes. Why? Because, number one, Listen, I want to give you some steps. Are you ready? Some steps. I didn't write them down, so you're going to have to write them down. Give you some steps as to how. And today, I'm praying that there'll be some that will follow through on these steps, and you'll watch God in his supernatural, extraordinary power crush the back of the devil and loose you to being the child of God, walking in freedom, walking in liberty, walking delivered from the power of sin and, yea, from the bondage of the lies of the devil. Please, hear me. Steps, you need them. And by the way, this is not a once and for all graduation time. Rather, this is a daily process that we must go through because oftentimes the enemy hits us from the blind side. We wonder, where's that coming from? Can I give you another verse before I give you the steps? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. His first epistle, he takes the roof off the church, allows us to look in, seeing a number of things and issues that the church is going through. However, in the second epistle, he opens up his heart, and he shows us a literal, compassionate, missionary, revealing things concerning the church of Corinth. In the 10th chapter, here's what he says. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. How many know this is not a flesh and blood battle? I said, how many know this is not a flesh and blood battle? I said, right now, you think that it's a flesh and... No, no, no. No, beloved. If you first need to understand this is not a flesh and blood battle. And Paul said, we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, I know we turn the news on, and I know we see the rioting and the uh, rebellion, lawlessness, etc. And we think, if we're not careful, all of our battles are fleshly battles. Indeed, there are some fleshly battles, but the battle Paul's talking about is not a fleshly battle. And the battles that most of us face is not a, a fleshly battle. This is an internal spiritual battle. All right? Are you with me so far? If you are, say amen. It's a spiritual battle. Therefore, we've got to have spiritual weapons. Here again, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, the weapons, weapons, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that word strongholds means castles. It means a fortress. It literally means the enemy can come in to kill, steal, and destroy. It really means that if we give the enemy an inch, he will take a mile. We're too blessed not to give Jesus our best. He said, we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. The weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Mighty through God. How many believe God's a mighty God? Amen. Hallelujah. Mighty through God. Mighty through God. Hallelujah. God can crush the back of the devil. God can loose us from the tentacles of uh, 
ancestral strongholds and generational sins. I'm talking about drug addiction. I'm talking about mind-altering drugs. I'm talking about pornography. I'm talking about jealousy. I'm talking about greed. I'm talking about things that hinder us from running the race, Paul said in Galatians 5, 7. You were running well. What did hinder you? You tripped up. And some Christians today, you've been running well. Last year at this time, you're on fire for God. Today, you're ice cold. There's not the life of God in you. Why? Something's tripped you up. And the Lord said, I'll set you free. Because whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Aren't you glad there's still power in the blood? Aren't you glad there's still power in the cross? Aren't you glad there's still power in the name of Jesus? And I'm telling you, when the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Some of us need to get free. We've been playing games. We, we're good at that. We're good at that. We come to church. We put on our best smile. We put on our best clothes. You know, deep down inside, there's some areas in our life, curses, family curses, that we need to deal with today. Pulling down a stronghold, casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Young people, look up here. You are really challenged as much as anybody. Freedom with the Internet, freedom with Snapchat, and all these social media outlets have you decided to put a guard on your eyes adults have we decided to put a guard on our heart guard your heart with all diligence out of it flows the issues of life over there in the book of Matthew chapter 6 Jesus said the light of the body is the eye if the eye be if the eye be evil the whole body should be in darkness but if the eye be single the whole body should be in light Job said in Job 31.1, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon the maid? Again, Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart with all diligence. Again, James chapter 1, verse 13, he said, Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither do tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. But let me remind you, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, in regards to Israel falling prey to immorality and idolatry, he said this, There hath no temptation taken you, but just common to man. Some of us think we're the only one tempted this way. Wrong. How many young people feel like you feel inferior? You feel like if I could only change uh, the way I look, I, I, I'm trying to keep up with Hollywood and I'm trying to keep up with, and I just feel um, like a poor self-image. Listen to me, young people, look at me, please. You need to understand God's made you in his image. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. Don't you let anybody tell you that your self-worth is dependent upon uh, how, uh, your performance, but your self-worth and my self-worth is dependent upon who we are in Jesus. Amen. I need some parents to help me. Amen. Come on, young people. Hey, look. Now, you might not understand what all I'm saying right now, but God, the Holy Spirit, will help you. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All right, here's the steps. You ready for the steps? Number one, recognize. We got to recognize 
recognize that we've given ground to the enemy. Write this verse down. Ephesians 4.27, Paul said, Neither give place to the devil. That's after 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. We're placed there as the word topos. Jurisdiction. And, and the truth be known. Listen to me. Number one, we got to recognize. Some of you today, you've learned how to suppress your anger. You've learned how to suppress your uh, resentment. You've learned how to suppress your bitterness. But it's, it's there. It's there. And every once in a while it comes out. God says he'll set you free. The Lord says you don't have to walk and carry around with this anger and bitterness deep down inside. And you see, we give place to the enemy. But the Lord says we can be free. Oh, he always calls us to triumph in Christ. And I love Romans 6, 11. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love Galatians 5, 24. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with his affections and lust. I love Romans 13, 14. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I love Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. When we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Yes, walk in the Spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Here's the deal. If you're a Christian, either we're battling and letting the flesh win or the spirit win. God's saying the curse has been broken, and the curse can be broken today. How? One. What was the first word? What's the first step? Good. Recognize. Number two. Repent. Acknowledge it. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't excuse it. Hey, look, Christian, we got to stop blaming our faults and failures and things on everybody else. And by the way, I'm not saying just because we deal with generational things that we can blame it on our forebears. Rather, we are responsible before God, and we are accountable before God. We are, yes, accountable. And so, repent. Lord, I recognize. Anybody willing to be humble enough today to recognize you're dealing with sin in your life? Oh, no, we're perfect. We don't need to confess sin. Come on. We do. I do. You do. Everybody does. So turn from it. First, recognize it. Secondly, repent. Third, here's the third word. They all start with R. You can remember them. Reclaim. Reclaim the ground. You see, sometimes when we give ground to the enemy, it's not fully and uh, it's not officially gained back until... We take the ground back. Case in point, when American forces went into Iraq in the early 90s until they had taken the flag of Kuwait and, and put the flag, American flag, uh, the ground wasn't fully taken. And so God's saying, have you given ground to the enemy? Take the ground back. Jesus died for us. My body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. I can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm, the devils can't use my mind as a playground. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Oh, yes, the Lord has got a plan for my life. And Jesus died for me that I should no longer live for myself, but to live for him who died for me and rose again. And now my Lord is conforming me to his image. I'm made in his likeness. He's made us accepted and beloved, and I'm predestined to be conformed to his image. Hey, these affirmations of faith take back the ground that the Lord's 
truth reveals. Number one, recognize. Number two, repent. Number three, reclaim. And you can do it today. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Y'all listen now. This isn't mystical. This isn't magical. But it works. If today you say, Lord, I want you to reclaim that ground, I'll assure you if you mean it from your heart and you're trusting God by faith, you will watch God begin to turn your affection. And the Lord will begin to do a work in you that you can't do of yourself. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No wonder the psalmist said, Delight thyself in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Psalm 37, 4. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Oh, yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's in him we live and move and have our being. So will you reclaim the ground? And then watch this. Not only recognize and repent and reclaim, but will you rededicate your life to the Lord? Rededicate your life to the Lord. That's right, today, some of you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You need to say, God, I hadn't really, uh, I hadn't really surrendered to your will lately. But Lord, today, I want to take my hands off my life. You bought me with your blood. I'm blood-bought and blood I said, Jesus bought us with his own blood. Can I get an amen? We're not our own. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You think you're, no, the Lord didn't save us to live like we want to and just do the best we can. Absolutely not. He gave his spirit to be with us, in us, and upon us, to guide us into all truth, to seal us unto the day of redemption, to birth us in the family of God, to fill us with Holy Ghost power. Oh, bless the Lord. Be filled with the spirit. And so, reclaim the ground and then rededicate Write this verse down, Romans chapter 12. First, there's the revelation. Then there's the transformation and the rededication. Romans 12. I beseech you, brethren, the word beseech in Romans 12, Paul writing to the church of Rome, comprised of Jews and Gentiles, writing to us today, doctrinal truths from chapter 1, condemnation, justification, sanctification, election, and now chapter 12. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Do not be conformed. Do not be molded, influenced by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform is the word metamorphose. It's a picture of a caterpillar turning into a beautiful butterfly, the change. How many know there's power in the Word? It's the power of the Word of God that changes our mind. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Quick, zoe. That word quick is the word zoe. It means life. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to judge the intention of any human heart. And so, be not conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good, perfect, acceptable will of God. Have you done that? Do you need to do that today? I will guarantee if you'll do that, God will honor that. We've been too blessed not to give Jesus our best. 
And if we hadn't given him our mind, our mind, we need to give him our mind today. Our will, our emotions, our body. Have you yielded your body to the Lord? This is the will of God. You abstain from sexual immorality. That's 2 Thessalonians. And so, have you yielded your body? Hey, look. Family curses have been broken. Speaking of family curses, I left the church uh, here. I was taping on Tuesday night and left about 8 o'clock, 8.30, riding down Highway 11. I saw blue lights. Anytime I see blue lights on Highway 11, I start praying. Lord, I pray. I knew there was a wreck up above, and I began to pray. Lord, I pray for whoever that was. Didn't know who it was. And I rode by, slowed down, and rode by. Didn't, under, didn't recognize the vehicle. But then I rode by. It was dark at the time, and, and uh, didn't realize until the next day. One of our men texted me a message, said, uh, Brother Pastor, God's been good to me. God's blessed me. Oh, yes, the curse. He said, I was riding down Highway 11, and I don't know all the details, but evidently he was stopped, fixing to turn in, and a vehicle rammed him from the back. Man, thank God we don't have another funeral. Oh, bless the Lord. He was banged up a little bit, got a black eye, but thank God we take our blessings for granted. Little things like that could snuff us out and take us out in eternity. God has been good to us. Say amen, Brother Eddie. That motorcycle wreck, God's angels protected you. Hallelujah. And you know what I'm talking about, brother. Yes, grace has brought us safe thus far, and how many believe that grace is going to lead us home, William? Grace is going to lead us home. Yes, it is. Hey, look. Family curses have been broken. Secondly, financial curses have been broken. I'm going to quickly allude to this, and I've got to move on. Let me give you a reference, Malachi chapter 3. In the book of Malachi, Malachi is the prophet of God writing to that crowd during that day, the last book of the Old Testament before the closing of 400 years. Do you know what's going on in Malachi's day? I'll tell you what's going on in Malachi's day. There were these uh, uh, priests and these uh, spiritual leaders that were supposed to be giving God the best. Listen, the best. How many believe God deserves the best? The Lord deserves the best. Hey, look, he's given his best. We've been blessed. Anything less than our best. And yet these, in Malachi's day, were substituting animals that were sick and maimed. Not the best. Oh, no, but lambs that had blemishes. And this was a no-no. The Lord deserves the best. Lord, hey, wait a minute. The Lord demands the best. He deserves the best. He demands the best. And yet in Malachi's day, listen to what he said. Chapter 3, verse 8. Where will a man rob God? Tithes and offerings. And God says to Malachi, you're cursed with a curse. Read it. You're cursed with a curse. He said, you're cursed with a curse. Malachi's telling that crowd that day, wherein will a man rob God? We wouldn't think about robbing Larry's farway, but we'll rob God. Wait, we're, we're, we're living on this earth. We're drinking his water. We're living on this earth. We're breathing his air. He said, you're cursed with a curse. I'm just telling what Malachi said. He said, bring you all the tithes in the storehouse. There may be meat in my house. And prove me now. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you'll not be able to contain it. I need somebody to help me there to say, I'm like the psalmist once I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the Lord, the righteous, forsaken, neither a seed begging bread. I came today to say, I want somebody to join with me to say, God sure has been good to me. Amen. Now, if he hadn't been good to you, don't say anything. Just sit there. 
But if you'll grieve his spirit, you know you will. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord, you've been good. Thank you, Father. That doesn't mean everything goes our way. That doesn't mean we don't face troubles and trials. That doesn't mean we're preaching a prosperity gospel. No, we know that in the world we'll find tribulation. But I'll tell you this, we've been too blessed not to give the Lord our very best. What about our future curses? He said there'll be no more curse in heaven. The curse of death. I got another message this week from the mayor of Social Circle. He's a friend, David Keener. And I've had the privilege, as I shared with you before, to reach out to his dear mom, Dottie, for the last number of years in Social Circle. And uh, I knew she was not doing well. We hadn't been able to go back into the uh, assisted living there in Social Circle. He sent me a message last Sunday. He said, Mama's not doing good. Please pray for her. Her name's Dottie, Dottie Keener. And he said, Mama's not doing good. We're going to have to put her in hospice care, it looks like. And then got the message early, 7 o'clock on Thursday morning. Mama went to be with the Lord. Today at 2 o'clock, they'll have her homegoing service up in North Georgia. But I told Brother David this. I said, Brother David, I can remember. He's a Christian man. He's, I said, I can remember Dottie sitting there. Uh, on Thursday morning from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock. And I'd get to preaching the Word of God to those senior adults pulling up in their wheelchair. And some of them, you know, more, you know, limited than others. But I can see old Dottie right now. Listen to me. If you knew her, you knew what she did. Be get to preaching the Word of God and she'd do like this. She'd raise up that thumb. She'd be sitting down and she'd say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. <laughs> she'd say, Praise the Lord. And she wasn't just doing it for show. Hey, look, I'm against those who are doing it for show, but thank God if you mean it from your heart, I say do it. Amen. It's one thing to do it for show and try to put on, but that was real deal. You see, what's in you has got to come out of you. Can I get a witness back there, Garrett? What's in you has got to come out of you. And that's what true worship's all about. What's in you has got to come out of you. You can't keep silent. You can't keep quiet. You can't keep with your mouth shut. You can't keep your hands from rising up. You can't keep uh, that, uh, uh, that rolling of joy unspeakable, full of glory, thinking about the goodness of God and the glory of God. Something in you has got to come out. If you suppress it, you're going to feel bad. You're going to leave like a weight of 100 pounds around you. But when you let it loose, when you say, hey, the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he had redeemed from the hand of the enemy, it makes you feel good inside to know we have been praising our Lord. So, family, future curses are broken. Quickly, let's go to number two, and I'll be brief. Have we been blessed, and can we give Jesus our best? How have we been blessed? Notice, how have we been blessed? I want you to focus on this word, serve, and I'll be done in just about a couple of minutes. How have we been blessed, and give Jesus our best? There should be no more curse. We focus on that word. Family curses, financial curses, and future curses. But... The throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. Notice, His servants, His servants shall. You know what we're going to do when we get to heaven? We're going to serve the Lord. You might as well get used to it now. We're going to serve the Lord. <laughs> That's what the Lord says. You can't, you can't read this any other way. How many know we might as well get used to it now? Serving the Lord. That's what He says we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Are you doing it now? <laughs> you might as well get used to it. Because when we get to heaven, 
not going to be an island for ourselves to do what we want to do. No, servants shall serve him. And let me just give you a couple of thoughts I had. Number one, serve him faithfully. Serve him faithfully. I love this word, serve. It literally means to minister or offer or gift or worship. That's really the rendering of the word serve there. And uh, serve him faithfully. And then, last but not least, serve him faithful to the finish. I talked with Lee Stiles on the phone. He was coming back from his mom passing away. And I shared with Lee how, and if you've been here at any length of time, you know that Nelda, his mom, and Sister Eddie would go by and pick her up, and she wasn't ashamed of Jesus. She had convictions. She had convictions. I'm going to tell you what else she had. She had a burden for her family. How many of y'all remember her saying, let's pray for our grandchildren. Pray for my grandchildren. Pray for my children. How many of y'all today are praying for your grandchildren, your children? Good, good, good. And I'm telling you, Lee told me when he was at the hospital after his mom passed away with all the siblings in Augusta, Georgia, there's three uh, in the family, three boys, they got children. Lee said to them, he said, if it wasn't for Mama, Josh, you have the little granddaughter in Wednesday night service, every Wednesday night. Uh, Tiffany, Tiffany must have just slipped out. But anyway, her friend comes, Emma, every, all the time. You know why? Because that's a grandmother that's making a difference. How many of y'all want to finish faithful? Don't tell me God can't use you. Don't tell me the Lord. Don't tell me the Lord's finished with you. No, he's not. That's a prime testimony, Nelda Stiles. She couldn't do a lot. She couldn't do a lot, but she did what she could. I said she did what she could. Let's say that together. She did what she could. She had done what she could. That's what Jesus said to that woman as he, she gave that alabaster ointment, anointing his body question are you really really giving Jesus your best are you really really blessed stop right now and count your blessings would you count them count your blessings Would you count them has God been good to you yes why aren't you giving Jesus your best he gave us his best. He deserves it, doesn't he? Let's right now, as you stand to your feet, let's all purpose in our heart. Let's every one of us purpose in our heart. Jesus, you deserve the best. Yes, count your blessings. I'm too blessed not to give Jesus my best. I know we've all got a lot of things going on. We've got a lot of priorities in our life. But today, the Lord's saying, let's rearrange some of our priorities. Let's give him our best. He keeps giving and giving and giving and giving. God's been faithful to us. Curses have been broken and can be broken right now. Maybe today you're battling something, a curse of some sort and, and generational lineage and, and the Lord's wanting to, and, and you, you just don't get satisfied with it and think that God can't, uh, deliver you and do a work in that area. He can. If you'll let him. 
Father, I want to surrender afresh to you. To go where you want me to go, to be what you want me to be, to do what you want me to do. And I pray that for every one of us now, in Jesus' name. You know what you need to do? 499. I don't even think you need the words. Let's sing it together. What is God saying to you today? He deserves the best. <laughs>